You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. This is the root problem of why Christmas became a solution. We'd have no Christmas, no need of Christmas, if there was no fall and rejection and disobedience to God. Every day would be Christmas without the need of a sacrificial lamb. And so this is a perfect, perfect video and opener to the Advent series. Advent, the meaning of Advent, actually means a coming or an arrival. And so as we celebrate the Christian Advent season, we look to the coming or the arrival of the sacrificial lamb in human form that Philippians 2 talks about, about Jesus becoming a servant found in human flesh, emptying himself, becoming obedient to God, even to the point of death on a cross. That's Christmas. That's the hope that came. But before the hope could come, there had to be promises of hope. And before there was promises of hope, there had to be broken promises, brokenness because of sin and darkness, darkness. And so this Advent series, it's very fitting that the Advent block devotional, a king is here or a king is coming as the kids are reading. This devotional doesn't get to the Christmas message like a lot of Advent messages do right off the bat. It actually takes us through the darkness and the brokenness. And I I hope you're enjoying and just loving the moments of going through these devotionals. I do wanna say real quick before we get into the depth of this darkness, and sit there for a little bit. If you have not joined us in the Advent season, start today. If you don't start today, start tomorrow. And uh, we'd love for you to join us. I understand there's a few more people that need to get their Advent blocks. If you were not able to order a devotional or an Advent block set, you can go to adventblocks.com and order that. If you want to join us in the Advent um, devotional, and it's going to take time to get it in the mail, please come see me or Elliot after the service, and we will get your email, and uh, we'll see what we can do to send something to you. But this week in Advent, we have seen the darkness because of sin. We've seen the anguish and the separation, which the word death in Scripture The word death actually doesn't mean the end. We look at death as the final end. We bury someone in the ground and we think they're gone. To die is not to end. To die is to leave one thing into the next. When we physically die, our spirit leaves our physical body and moves to the spiritual. 
And we're going to see the effects of darkness on death in a minute. But keep that in mind as we read scripture today, that death actually means separation. Separation. And so when Adam and Eve died in the garden, they didn't die physically. They were separated from their father in whom they were complete and in one perfection. And death, separation, separated them from God. And so today we're gonna look at darkness. I titled this message today, Waiting in Darkness. Now here in the 21st century, there's some benefits to the Advent season because what we celebrate and what we anticipate in the Advent season has already happened in fulfillment of when Jesus came to fulfill all the prophecies of God's Messiah, God's one and only Son. It's already been done. He's already come in the form of a baby. He's already lived the sinless life, and he's already paid the substitutionary, sacrificial death for our sins. Right? It's already been done. Now, there's a second coming that we anticipate, and we await as believers. But the advent is definitely geared more to remembering and reflecting and responding on what it means for us individually and as a church of believers, what it means for us here now, here and now, and in eternity. That is Advent. Just like we take, as believers, we take communion. We don't believe that the juice packed and the little wafer is the actual physical body of Jesus. But what it does is as we take the elements, we remember and we reflect on what Jesus has done for us and what the blood means and what the body broken means for us. So as we do communion, Christmas season, Advent season is for us to reflect, to remember, and to respond. And today, we're going to reflect and remember where we would be in our darkness if it had not been for the light coming to earth. And so I wanna spend the most part of our time looking at the root of darkness. The root of darkness. With every problem, there's always someone to blame. Sadly, I've been guilty of this, and maybe you have too. When going through difficult times in a crisis, what do we do in our humanity? We look for someone to blame. And there is someone to blame. But so often, God gets the bad rap. And we blame God, because ultimately, he's in control. But we need to understand the root of darkness to understand who is really to be blamed here for the darkness. So let's look, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, go ahead and turn to Romans. It's in the New Testament and it's after the Gospels. So you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans. If you hit 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, you've gone too far. 
Romans chapter 1. As you follow along with me, please open your mind and be aware to the words that catch your attention on the root of darkness. Nowhere in here do you see that God brought the darkness or caused the darkness. We need to sit and wait in the darkness that has caused all the chaos, destruction, and confusion that we see. So Paul's talking about in the beginning, he's saying that no man or woman has any excuse not to believe in God for all of creation is evidence that there is a God and it points to Jehovah. And he goes into here, he says, yes, they knew God. How many of us know God intellectually? How many of us during Christmas season, we sing the Christmas carols and we know the Christmas message. They knew God, but they chose. Can you say chose? Chose. This Christmas, remember, you always have a choice. You choose. Would that be divine love if you didn't have a choice? You choose. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God. And friends, the 21st century, we have the same problem. It's called idolatry. We wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks to him. And they began to think foolish ideas. Say foolish. Foolish ideas of what God was like. They knew what God was like. They looked at each other. They were made in the image of God. They walked with God. They were one with God. And they believed the lie that God was holding out on them. As a result, their minds became dark, say dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. We don't have that necessarily in our culture but I guarantee you we have idols all over the place. One is sitting in most people's homes on their entertainment center. An idol doesn't have to be, but so easily it turns into be. It's whatever you worship and put on the throne of your heart above the ever-living, glorious God. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth of God for a lie. They traded the truth of God 
for a lie. Look at our surrounding culture and world. It is paying the price for the toxic trade that happened for a lie instead of God's truth. That is the battle we are fighting spiritually. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of creator, the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise, amen. Friends, this is why your worship is so powerful. This is why singing songs and lifting our hands and speaking and declaring truth and laying down our lives and worshiping God with a joyful heart and thanksgiving is so important because Satan created a counterfeit of worship because Satan himself, when he was an angel, a lead angel, do you know what he did? He led worship. And so he knows the design and the purpose of worship. And his purpose on earth is to pervert and twist worship. If you're worshiping anything else other than Christ himself, you are worshiping a false God. And we need to turn and get right. That's why worship here at Elevation Community Church is of the utmost importance that the heart would be postured before God in which he originally designed as we see here in Romans 1. So in Romans 1 that we just read, we see the root to the world's darkness. This was the choice that separated, brought death, separation from mankind to God who created it all. We are now separated, we have been separated into darkness, that's why we call the enemy's playing field on our earth the kingdom of darkness. We've separated ourselves from God, the kingdom of light. You have darkness and you have light. And so instead of hope, we have hopelessness. Instead of what God designed for a future with him, we have a dead end. Instead of joy, which we are supposed to have every moment of every day, we have despair. And instead of peace, we have anxiety. One of the top prescriptions in our country is for anxiety and depression. It is the result of darkness. And instead of life abundantly, we have death. This is the darkness that impacts us daily. 
And so in this darkness, we should be reminded of what is going on around us and why we deal with the darkness we're dealing with. Number one, as we see in Romans, the toxic trade. The toxic trade. That's why Jesus says, you're either gonna come and follow me and lay down your life, or you're gonna serve man. You're gonna serve money, or you're gonna serve God. You're gonna serve wealth and status and riches, or are you gonna serve God? Are you gonna serve yourself, your pride, and everything for your self-gain, or are you going to choose to lay down your life, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus? Every day, there's a battle of what you're choosing to trade. What are you choosing in your life? to trade for. We have foolishly bitten the bait of abandoning God's truth and going after what sounds right. Hello, teens, what feels right, what looks right, and what our culture and media says is right. We've traded God's truth for a lie. And we live in darkness because of it. Number two, that darkness reminds us, number two, is our potent pride. The Bible says that when you have pride, be careful of your step, you're about to fall. Pride always leads to a fall. Pride tells us we can do it. We can be more than what God told us we can be. We can fix it. We don't need help, let alone saving. And we have become our own gods, which will crumble completely. Pride keeps us from God. Pride keeps us from God. And thirdly, darkness reminds us of a destructive death that every single human being will face. It's darkness. It's a destructive separation. Don't believe me? In the garden, when they traded the truth of God for a lie and they became followers of pride, out to worship themselves and the creation. There was a separation, a death. We always think of a physical death but there was so much more at stake in this death. It was a separation spiritually between man and God. And friends, I've been saying for a long time, the spiritual world 
is so much more real than the physical world. And if there's a spiritual separation, all of earth and all of creation felt it. Death came upon all creation. There's also a relational death. We see a relational separation that we still face today. There was an economical death, separation where man and woman have to toil and labor to reap the reward that God designed in creation. There was a physical death in which our spirit now will be separated from our physical body. And the worst of all is there is an eternal separation that will happen when we leave this earth. And if we just sat in the darkness for just one moment, we'd realize our desperate need for help. my favorite two words in the Bible that brings hope this Christmas season that is found all over the New Testament, but specifically Ephesians 2. And the two words are, but God. This sovereign, holy, perfect, righteous God had every right to give us what we deserve. To stay within the results of our toxic trade and rejecting him. Pursuing pride of flesh, our desires, worshiping all things of the creation rather than the creator. And he could have left us in our death. You see, but when you start to understand the rich, deep love of God, those two words mean something to you, but God. Look at your darkest place in life. Look at the place where you were filled with hopelessness, despair, anguish, being lost, the bottom of the barrel. And God never left you. He should have, and he had every right to but instead he divined, devised a plan from beginning of time. God's not stupid. God's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. He knew what we would do with what he gave us. And yet he still loved us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God being rich in mercy. He sent his son, Jesus. And as we sit in the darkness and as we've read the Advent devotionals this week, we see Adam and Eve 
excommunicated from God's presence in the garden. God could have left them to their own plans and their own fate. But he remained faithful and he communicated his plan of salvation. And yet they had to wait in their own darkness for hope. You see, Abraham and Noah, you see, Moses and Hagar, you see, Joseph and Elijah all having to wait in the darkness, yet knowing that God was going to be faithful and bring a light in the midst of darkness. And they prayed this prayer constantly, prayed this prayer, and it goes like this. I think it's on the screen. God, will you bring us back one day? God, will you come back to stay? If you're a parent and you have an Advent block set, every day ends with this prayer. God, will you bring us back one day? And God, will you come back to stay? And if you've read the Bible, you know he does. And he has. And for those who have believed and received his salvation, there is a second advent, a second arrival that will come for Jesus to complete everything. I want us to look at Isaiah 9 to just fully understand this darkness in light of the hope that God promises. And this is in Isaiah, and it's also mentioned in Matthew, because by the way, just so you know, there were hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah that would come. Hundreds. Hundreds of prophecies a portion on the death and the sacrificial lamb, but there was a portion of his birth. And just to understand the odds of even a few of those prophecies coming to fulfillment would be like God taking one half dollar and marking an X on the half dollar, throwing it onto the whole United States of America to where the half dollars filled every crevice of the United States, two feet deep. And the odds of just one or two of these prophecies being fulfilled would be like you going up into the airplane flying around for a couple hours until the airplane decides to open its door. You jump out, you enjoy the ride, you skydive down, and wherever you land on the United States of America, you bend over and you pick up a half dollar. The odds of picking up the half dollar with the X on it are the same odds of one or two of the prophecies of Jesus being fulfilled. And there were hundreds, hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah. And friends, Jesus Christ of Nazareth fulfilled 
Every single one. You want proof to believe? You're welcome. There it is. And one of these he fulfilled was spoken hundreds of years before Jesus' birth through the prophet Isaiah. And it says this, nevertheless, nevertheless, that time of, can you read that word? Darkness, say darkness. And despair will not go on forever. Here's God's promise. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali or Naphtali will be humbled. There will be a time in the future, this is important, when Galilee of the Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, the people who were outcasts, were not considered people of God, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. That's why John the Baptist, as he was baptizing people in water for repentance of their sins. Here comes Jesus down along the Sea of Galilee. There. Between the Jordan and the sea. John the Baptist sees him and he says, behold, this is the one, the sacrificial lamb who will take away the sins of the people. And after Jesus is baptized, skies open, the spirit comes and remains on Jesus and God the Father speaks confirmation upon his son. Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tested in all ways by the devil and he comes out to finish his ministry of three years in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know the message that he continues to reiterate miracle after miracle, sermon after sermon, person after person, is repent. Acknowledge your sin. Turn from your sin. For the kingdom of light has come. You see, people of the Jewish faith understood the power of the promise of light because they lived hundreds and hundreds of years waiting for the kingdom of light because they were sitting and waiting in darkness. And now the light has come. That's why the angels rejoiced. That's why the shepherds couldn't contain themselves. And that's why Mary pondered in her heart all the things that the Holy Spirit has done. Friends, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God has come, is here, and will be completely fulfilled when Jesus returns. Will you be a part of that fulfillment? So I want to give you a few application steps for today. A few application steps. 
for today. First of all, I'd like the tech team to just bring our lights down to darkness. And can you black out the screens, please? I want you to rest and wait in this darkness as a reminder of the darkness of our sin that separates us from the God of hope, the God of peace, the God of power, the God of love, and the God of forever. Think of the darkness and the hopelessness and despair if God never came. For those who have walked in darkness have now seen a great light. What I'd like for each person to do is reach in the chair flap in front of you and grab, it looks like a plastic stick. We know these as glow sticks. And you know in order to make a glow stick work, you need to break it. So go ahead and break the stick. Some of you are ahead of me. Could we pass out some more um, sticks? We don't want anyone to be left out. Now shake it needs to be shaken so that all the different dye and the fluid can run through the whole piece. And now would you hold it up? And even though this doesn't bring lightness to the room, we see all the different lights. Isn't it amazing? See all the different colors and the shapes depending on how you bent it. Some of you are dimmer than others because you probably properly maybe didn't break it or shake it as well but you still have something to be seen in the darkness so is the body of Christ you can bring the light down but just kind of hold it in front of you you see when Jesus came he knew his purpose his purpose was to do what we could never do and that was make us right with God And before he took the cross, with every breath he had, he declared God's kingdom has come. And he said, I am the light. You hear that differently now, friends? He says, those of you in darkness, I am the light. 
cannot come to the Father except my light. For I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Follow me. Believe in me. Receive my forgiveness. And let my light shine. And so friends, just as you did this with the glow stick, in order to receive the light that God gave us through Jesus, we have a part to play. Number one, you have to be broken. You have to acknowledge your darkness. Brokenness means you acknowledge your life is a mess outside of God. You need to be broken. Number two, you need to be shook. You need to be shaken. This looks like surrender, allowing God to shake you so that his life would flow completely through you. Number one is you need to be broken. What does that look like? Saying, God, I'm going to make room for you. Band, you can come up. I'm going to make room for you. Number two, shaken. That looks like this. God, I give you permission to do whatever you want to do. I need your light in my life. And thirdly, we need to let our light shine. So often our tendency is in darkness is to hide. It's to run away and to buckle down into the lie of fear. But Jesus says, if you believe in me, if you confess with your mouth that I am Lord, I will not only save you, I will become your Lord. I will live in you and my light will shine through you. This Christmas, whenever you're reminded of your darkness and the darkness of the brokenness of this world, I challenge you I challenge you to confess your sins to God. Allow him to bring his light into your life. And as he does, let that light shine. So we're gonna do a new song. So fitting for today, it's called Make Room. We need to make room in our hearts, friends. We need to make room in our Christmas season. 
Don't let idols fill your heart and your home this Christmas. Let his light of his presence fill your hearts and your homes this Christmas. I want you to just sit during this song. And I would just ask you during the course, if you're committed to ask God to move in your life, you're committed to be moldable and let God shape you, and you're committed to let his light shine during the course, I just want you to just raise your light. Just raise your light. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.